0: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Pacoima First United Methodist Church. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Amen. It is a blessing to be here worshiping the Lord together. I'm Pastor Luis Garcia, pastor of this congregation. Uh, And I welcome you in the name of the Lord and welcome you worshiping with us online in the name of Pacoima First United Methodist Church. Welcome everyone this morning to this place that we call church. This is our church. We are part of the family of God that meets here at at what time? 11.15. To worship the Lord, to learn about the Lord. And do something about our faith. Blessings to you, blessings to all. Janet and I uh, are blessed uh, this weekend because our son, Luis Jr., uh, came to visit this weekend. Uh, Welcome to you, Luis. Welcome to Pacoima first. And as we begin this time of praise and worship, I would like to invite you to prepare your hearts, to prepare your minds for this time of praise and worship. And the cars will lead this part. Blessings to you, blessings to all. God is good. Let us praise the Lord.
1: Praise the Lord, everybody. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time? You know, somebody would like to be here. Somebody desires to be here, but they weren't able. And we are here in the house of the Lord, and we want to send him some praises. Lord, you are good, and your mercy endures forever. Amen. Are good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. People from every nation, people from every nation and tongue, from generation to generation, we worship. good and your mercy endureth forever Lord you are good and your mercy endureth forever. People from every nation. People from every nation and tongue from generation to generation we worship you. God, we thank you for another opportunity to come into your house, to lift our voices, to lift our hands, and to say thank you for all that you've done and to give you glory, Father, because we didn't have to be here this morning, but you saw fit to wake us up this morning. This is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice. We will be glad in it. We just ask you to bless this service. Bless each and every person here. Bless each and every person watching over the internet. Bless our pastor as you bring forth the word this morning, Father. And let us be doers of the word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, let's take this opportunity just to give God thanks. Give because he's given Jesus Christ. Get a personal praise in your head right now. We want to thank the Lord. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ his Son. praise this morning we just want to thank you lord for your favor i just want to thank you
0: lord amen and amen you may be seated you may be seated thank you god thank you god Before our uh, gospel reading, I just want to thank you, right, and thank God because we united. We united in prayer for almost 21 days. I was going to say 21 years. Not yet, not yet, but 21 days. And this is our last uh, week. Um, Still, you can join us uh, praying at 8 a.m. at noon, 5 p.m. for one minute. Let's pray together. This week we have been praying for our community, our neighbors, business. Yes, our neighbors. You're right. Our neighbors, business, schools. uh, Please join us. In case you have not received the email or you are not receiving the email uh, and you want to receive the email, please send us uh, an email to the church or call us and and you will receive the email with different information about the church and activities and such. And also, uh, and this is uh, this is something that I am I'm I'm thankful to, Uh, and I would like to share and request prayers. Uh, This this week we had this uh, this uh, news that it it really got us uh, by surprise to many of us pastors in the conference, especially Latino pastors. Because um, uh, our beloved pastor friend in in this district, uh, Lupita Alonso, uh, she went to be with the Lord this week. She was about 63 years. uh, And she was a pastor at at Marsdale uh, United Methodist Church uh, in Fillmore. Uh, One of another pastor friend uh, who was her pastor in Calexico, uh, He wrote such a beautiful uh, story about her life because she struggled uh, since the first moment when she came to this world. And still college, seminary, pastor, elder. And actually she was gonna be uh, the uh, clergy representative for this conference in jurisdictional conference. So so a life... uh, that is gone from now, but is present in the Lord. Prayers for her family and husband, also Santiago, and, and for the church in Barsdale, Bar- and, and thank you for your prayers. So at this time, at this time, we will have our Bible reading uh, that today comes from the book of Acts, the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 6. It's a chapter 6, verses 1 through 7, 1 through 7, and today, uh, Janet will bring the reading of the world, Word, and please stand as you are able for the reading of the Word of God.
2: 123, testing, 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 123, testing, testing. Testing 123, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles, who prayed and laid their hands on them so the word of God spread the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and the large number of priests became obedient to the faith
0: thanks be to God you may be seated thank you honey will you pray with me dear Lord you are our God and we are your people now we come to this, uh, this time uh, in the worship when, when we hear your word, when we uh, listen to your word, uh, and we pray that we can find wisdom, we can find direction, uh, that the Holy Spirit may bring that wisdom and discernment to our souls, at the same time love to our hearts, and strength to our bodies, our spirits, our emotions, to put into action what we hear today. May these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen and amen. amen. New things and new challenges. I'm reading from Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. By the way, we use different versions, so so we'll come together with that. But, you know, it, it gives us a little bit more of information about each uh, scripture uh, and, and Bible verse. But this is um, uh, from the new, new International Version. Isaiah 43, uh, 19, I am about to do a new thing, uh, and now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers or streams in the desert. Hmm. That was from Isaiah. When the people of Israel received this word, they were living in a very dry place. We know about that, right? in a very dry place, both physically and spiritually. As you know, Israel, the Holy Land, is a desert. So when the prophet Isaiah tells them this word, they know about dryness, about lack of water. But also, when Isaiah tells this prophecy, he is talking to a nation that has been conquered, a nation that has been defeated with many of its people in exile, a nation that is dry, dry, especially spiritually, spiritually dry. And it is through this illustration, a met- metaphor, that the people of Israel could understand how god is telling them god is telling to his people i will do something about your situation i will do something about your situation there will be a a path right So you can walk through the wilderness that you are living in. And they knew, the people of Israel knew what it meant uh, walking uh, through the desert, right? Uh, They heard the story for years, right? We don't want to do that again, they say. God says, I'll bring a new path. Not only that, but there will be water. Water. Uh, some version says rivers, some version says streams, you know. When you are in the desert, a stream is like a river, <laughs> right? Streams on this dry land so you, can, so you can survive. You know, I call these prophecies glimpses of hope. Glimpses of hope. Uh, there is nothing there yet. The word seems impossible. But if God has said so, eh? but if God has said so, you better prepare. You better prepare. Amen? Also, I am of the idea that some of the prophecies are fulfilled in different ways at different times. When we read in Isaiah 43:19, I am about to do a new thing. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers, streams in the desert. We can see nowadays how Israel as a country has conquered the desert with advanced technology that has made agriculture possible in that very, very dry land. Some prophecies are fulfilled in different ways at different times. That dry land produces plenty of food these days. And so I think God keeps fulfilling this prophecy, creating a new thing. And also I believe God through his church and its church ministries and programs and activities at the local level and in the world... God keeps creating new things. God keeps creating new things. Let me give you an example of this, and of course, I will tell you a story. The Garcia family experienced this blooming of the desert when we were sent as missionaries by the United Methodist Church to serve in the country of Chile. In our first assignment as missionaries, Janet and I went with a then three-year-old little boy who is here today and a, four-month, a four-month-old a baby to live in the middle of the driest place on earth. And this is true. This is the driest place on earth, which is the Atacama Desert in northern Chile. In that place, there are years when there is no rain recorded in the area. And yet we were invited to participate in a ministry of the Methodist Church in Chile to serve in a vocational agricultural school. You said what? Well, it happened. That school was in its first year of operation. And I remember very well when we got to Northern Chile for the first time. We, we step out from the air-conditioned airplane t- to a strong, dry, hot wind that welcomed us. Uh, at that time, in that airport, it was a little airport, you needed to step onto the tarmac uh, and, and walk to the terminal. Probably you remember those days, right? Right? It was about noon, so the sun was coming down strong. Uh, and there, there we were, carrying two kids, backpacks and such. You could see the sand dunes and the heat waves floating from far off, like in a mirage, right? We asked ourselves, uh, so we came to serve in a what? And an agricultural school here in this place. Now, the the moment was so surreal for us. It was so surreal that I was certain. I was certain that we were going to see our luggage being carried out to the terminal on camels. <laughs> boom, boom. It was that hot. And that dry. Long story short, the school was in a canyon at the foothills of the Andes, and from the snow from the Andes that trickled down through a few canyons and and creeks, and streams, people could get water that ran through ancient ancient water channels or canals. Uh, uh, uh. So, or canals, excuse me. We spent our first four years serving in that ministry living in in a very small town on on the school campus. And Janet and I both considered those four years some of the best years in our ministry and as a family. And now I'm so blessed to be able to testify that, that we saw the desert blooming. We saw the desert blooming. But also serving at that agricultural high school, we saw the lives of native young people also blooming. And boy, they bloom at that age (laughs) in many different ways. Native young people from the countryside that if, and this is a big if, if they could not afford to go to the city and continue their high school education, uh, if they could do that, they would almost always become part of an at-risk population in the city. And I imagine that you know what at-risk means when we talk about our young people. It is the same all over the world. God had mercy on them. But in that school where we serve, in that school in a small rural village, we saw young people blooming through a ministry of the church, both Chilean Church and the United Methodist Church for that community in northern Chile. There's some of the students still uh, practice uh, agriculture, uh, agriculture in, in that dry land. We know that because we're connected to Facebook, right? And uh, some others, um, they're now actually opening new paths for other native young people in the countryside. So it keeps looming. It keeps looming. That is one way God has been doing new things through the church through church ministries. Yes, some prophecies are fulfilled in unique ways at different times. And, and, and the best thing is, is that God is still willing to do a new thing. God is still willing to do a new thing. I believe that, uh, although as they say, God works in mysterious ways, uh, I believe during this time and since the beginning of the church God is using his church. That is you and me. God is using the communities of saints, the family of God. That's still us. God uses his church to create new things. Have you heard the saying, if you want for something to be done right, do it yourself, right? Well, let me tell you something. I don't think God follows that advice. Because He's actually counting on us, on you and me. God is counting on us to make a new thing. God is counting on us. Somebody say, God is counting on us. God is counting on us. God knows uh, we are imperfect. At least I am. God knows that we can be partial. Uh, He knows that that, that we can be short-sighted. But still, God is counting on us, on you, and me to create new things. We should be honored. We should be thankful, right? We should feel blessed that we can participate in God's great ministry of sharing the gospel. Amen? That's a privilege. God is counting on us, on you and me, to create new things. Um, But with new things, with new things, new challenges, new challenges. During the last uh, several Sundays, we have been talking about uh, new beginnings about the grace of God as, as a theological framework for our ministry, and about the church as, as God's instrument to care, to feed, to tend God's lambs. Amen. Now we are landing... We're landing into a more hands-on approach, and that is the ministries that we develop as the church of God that cares for this community of everything comes, Everything comes together. Uh, and we become that... Uh, church of God, that community uh, from God to the world as we uh, become uh, vessels, as, as we become instruments of God's grace for this place that we call home, our community. God is counting on us, on you and me, to create new things. And with new things, new challenges. A big example of this, both new things as, as well as uh, new challenges, we can uh, see in the book of Acts uh, of the Apostles, chapter uh, 6. We just read the story. Uh, let's do a little Sunday school class here, okay? So get your Bibles uh, and your notebooks or, or your phones, right? However you, you take notes uh, right now. So, so let's start with this. Verse 1. The church was growing. That is a great thing. The ministry is growing. That is a good thing. The leaders of the church, the apostles, are following their master's example, and they were the ones serving the food, waiting the tables in the feeding ministry. That was excellent. One, one time, once, um, in one of my former church uh, uh, there was a, a, a men's group, and we need to talk about that. But anyway, uh, and then I, I, I tried to connect with them, and I said, you know, let's meet one Saturday morning, and I'll do huevos rancheros for you. They came. They, they came. But after that, I said, now let's go to the, to the, to, to the restaurant. But, but, you know, the apostles were following Jesus' example. You give them to eat. So they were doing that. Also, remember the church was growing. The ministry, uh, the the feeding ministry was becoming more complicated, right? And suddenly some people complained about the ones who were serving the tables. And and, and some Greek widows felt discriminated against. uh, uh, the, The ones receiving the criticism were the leaders, you know? Uh, there are some things in church that that doesn't change all right uh, but they were they were they were being criticized uh, and not only that uh, because of our own experience we we can see other things in that passage uh, and we can also feel because we have experienced that unfortunately as a church uh, that there was friction between the different ethnic factions of the young uh Church. And I can go on on this verse, but let's stop there. (laughs) But here we see the human side of the church. And that is one thing that I like, I appreciate about Luke, the author of the book. In his writing, he does, he does not skip over the conflicts in the church. Because let's, let's face it, in the church there's conflicts. Maybe not on this one, right? I'm still getting to know everyone. But, but right, right. But, but uh, it, there's always a human side of the church. So Luke I, I writes about this, but even better, he tells us how the conflict is solved. We can complain, we can have conflicts, so on and so forth, but if we deal with them, if we deal with conflict in a civilized manner, <laughs> uh, or manner, if we deal with conflict, we can solve them. Amen? We can solve them. That is what happened in Acts 6. Despite the church showing its human side, they were able to solve the conflict. Let's see what they did. So the apostles, uh, the leaders, uh, we can say inspired by the spirit or, or you know, sometimes it's just simple deductions. We, we reason, right? God gave us that ability. So I think this is a, also a part of, of just simple intuition of, of the apostles. The apostles said, we cannot do everything. We need help. Well, that's new, right? Men asking for help. God works in mysterious ways, right? But you know, the apostles say, we should not neglect the preaching and prayer. So we need seven men in this case, seven people to serve the tables while we preach and pray. Preach and pray. But this is more than a, a division of labor. This was the beginning of the expansion of the ministries of the church involving involving more people and as we understand young people young people bringing new people into ministry and you know as i said some things some issues some ministries in the church We discern that with the help of the Holy Spirit, no doubt of that. But I believe, like like in this story, there are some other things or issues that the church needs to work on, that they actually present themselves as an opportunity to grow. This was one of those. Bringing more young people into ministry, that was, and that is a good thing. Amen? So there are many other things uh, to notice here but one very important I think is that the apostles the apostles never diminished the importance of serving the tables well they were doing it themselves right and they did never diminish the importance of serving the tables the proof of that is that there was a requirement actually three requirements to be allowed to serve the tables it says, select among yourselves, seven men of good standing, good testimony, full of the Holy Spirit, and of wisdom. So you can make a note of that. Highlight it. And remember, no ministry is too small or unimportant when it contributes to the main mission of supporting the sharing Of the gospel, Amen. No ministry is too small or unimportant. I am so blessed, so blessed that the tech ministry here, the 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 online ministry, the, the website, and all that is already set in this church. Don't tell them that I say that. All right, but I'm so blessed. No ministry is too small when it contributes to sharing the gospel. All ministries require people who have good standing. And I have a lot of stories about that, but let's just keep going. Full of the Holy Spirit, right? And of wisdom. Ministry is... Ministry is the way we speak of the love of God to the people around us, to the community in many different ways, in reading programs, in, in talks to the parents, in, in worship, right? Amen, amen, right? And for that, we need to be wise, we need to be full of the Holy Spirit, and we need to have a good testimony among the people. Another quick important thing to highlight is the diversity of the chosen. Uh, We can see that because of the names and a few side notes there. So it is a diverse group of people who were called to serve. And last uh, for now is that the ministry was the beginning step for a larger ministry for some of them. In this case, if you keep uh, reading a few verses later, you see how uh, Stephen is preaching the gospel, right? Serving the tables and preaching the gospel. And he became the first martyr of the Christian church. So one, what we can call a small ministry can lead us into something else. It's certainly been there done that. Praise be to God. We can go on, uh, but let's bring this wisdom to our present time. Because God is still, God is counting on us, on you and me, to create new things. Nothing is quick, nothing is easy, but one thing we can learn from this passage is that we need help. We need help. It is okay to ask for help. Don't tell my wife I said that. But it is okay to ask for help. And that goes at different levels. I know, uh, you know, in part, you know, I discern, the Holy Spirit helped me to do that, and then in some of the conversation, I know some of you have been pulling the wagon here for a long time, and it gets tiring. Can I have an amen on that? Burnout has always been in the church and has increased as a side effect of the COVID pandemic. And that is in the community of faith, and that is also in the clergy. In the last three, four years, there's more clergy actually quitting Asking for a leave of absence and and, or medical leave. So it's on all, right? It's not just one part. It's the church. Burnout has been a side effect of the COVID pandemic. Please let me remind you that Jesus said, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you Rest. I will give you rest. All of you tired, both physically, emotionally, or spiritually. Come to me. I will give you rest. For now, let me tell you, we will keep this in mind. We don't want to see any burnout. Second thing, and I would like for you to know that I recognize the fact that this church as an African-American congregation served and ministered to the African-American community in Pacoima and other places, and the community in general during all these years in many, many different ways. Now, the reality has been that for reason that should not exist in a country that claims to be a Christian nation. We need to create a specific congregations for a specific people. But we we are all created in the image of God. And yet, I'm sure this place has been and it is a refuge. A place to belong, a place where we can express and live our faith in the way we love and in a way that we can celebrate who we are and we can prepare to endure what waits for us outside these walls. Because, as Apostle Paul says, the days are bad, it is hard, life is hard. I recognize that and I honor that because otherwise we would not be here today. We would not be here today. We wouldn't be looking for the new thing that God has for Pacoima first. If this congregation, including many of you here, had not endured and committed to the ministry of this church, we wouldn't be here today if not for god's mercies that are new every morning we would not be here today and so we are not starting from zero -uh. we're not starting from zero we are building on top of a strong foundation of faith and endurance endurance and we know that the community around uh, needs uh, that the community around us needs uh, uh, when they need to find God. They need a community of acceptance, a community of love. I've seen uh, uh, through the conversations that, that of course you are aware and, and, and you are experiencing what is happening in the families in the family dynamic, in the dynamics of the change of populations in the area we are in the United States after all, right? And you know that this change didn't just begin to happen last year. Let me tell you one thing. One of the first things I noticed here in Pacoima, that was in April, we came together, is the amazing amazing number of little food stands Little food stands along the side streets. I need to confess something. That feels like home to me, <laughs> although I should not stop in each one, especially the Tamales one, no, no, no. But you know, changes in the dynamics of the community, that will keep happening. Because not today, nor in human church history has the church controlled the population dynamics or changes. Community change is part of of the society. It is happening in Pacoima. It is happening throughout the country and will keep happening. That is not a mystery. That is not a question of, of if Community will change. But when the community is going to change and what direction it's going to take. And so the larger or the bigger question, the important question for the church is, if the church is preparing for that change. Yeah? If the church is preparing for that change, because if not, well, let's take the example of Acts chapter 6. We can adapt. We can bring more people into ministry. We can create new networks. We can adapt to a new situation and take advantage of this change as an opportunity to make new things. To make new things. Population dynamics change. Demographics change. People's needs change. Some places seem to stay the same. Some places change slowly. While the world, the society changes, the Word of God remains the same. The Word of God remains. The love of Christ remains for every and any person here today and outside these walls. The word of God, the prophecies, and the promises of new things for people, for you and me are still there. God is still wants to make new things in you and me. God is still wants to change the world for you, for me, and for the people around. The prophecy is here and is still valid. God continues to do new things. And God is counting on you and me to do new things. We might need help. I'm the first one to recognize that. We might need to rest and recover before we go on. I'm here to support that. We need to do what is required, right? And then we need to keep moving forward. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. And believe me, when I say that when I I first saw the video of worship here, I thought, this church is moving forward. This church is moving forward. And so it will be through prayer, through discernment, through the listening of the Spirit, through the conversations, through worship and praise that we will find the path. We will find the, the rhythm. We will find that way that God has promised for Pakoima first. We will find that way. and God, oh, we good God, will provide the water. We'll provide the water for that way. We'll provide the water for maintaining and sustaining. What is next in our journey together? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Amen and amen.
1: Of freedom, I have found in you, you're the healer. You make all things new, yeah, yeah. I'm not going back, I'm moving ahead. Here to declare to you the past is over, and you, all things are made new. Surrender my life. Rise, and I'm moving, moving forward I'm not going back, I'm moving ahead I'm here to declare to you that my past is over And you all things made new I'm here to declare today that I'm moving, moving forward
0: call it a leap of faith. Looking for what is next in, in the ministry of a church or even in, in our own lives. For some congregations, for some people, it means moving out of uh, from a comfort zone. For others it's moving beyond the same old, same old. But I think for us, Pakoima first, I think for us, it's simply a leap of faith moving into what God wants for this congregation as he has called us to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Not a small thing, but in God's name, in God's name. Would you pray with me? Oh, God, teach us not to despise small things or small steps. Remind us that the kingdom of heaven is like a tiny mustard seed. Turn our attention to the small thing that bless others. You have planted seeds of great potential in our souls. Help us, oh God, to develop our potential so that, that others can Move on together with us. Turn our attention to what is small but mighty. Small but powerful. Quiet but faithful. Oh God, you have entrusted us with gifts and graces that can bless so many people. Help us not to overlook uh, those abilities And those gifts, like the gift of kindness, like offering a glass of water to somebody in need, especially these days. Oh God, you have placed the destiny of the kingdom of heaven inside of us. Turn our attention to the small things that this congregation can do to make a big difference in the life of this community, in the life of this church, and for the honor and glory of your son, Jesus, in the name, in whose name we pray, and your children say together, amen and amen. At this point of uh, service, part of our worship is through our uh, Sunday offering. Uh, Remember that God loves the cheerful giver. This is the uh, one way we participate in the mission of of God uh, through this congregation as we return portion of what God has given for us. So for you worshiping with us online, um, you will see in your screens at the beginning of uh, this a worship, uh, how you can send your tithes, uh, offering, and contributions. So as we are receiving uh, the, the offering today, uh, I just want to remind you uh, or to let you know in, in, in the table, in, in the front, you have uh, a business card or a card uh, for the pastor. You can take one, two, or three. And, and in case, you know, that you know somebody who speaks Spanish in the community, well, You know, and it says, do you go to a church? Oh, church, yes. There you go. Yeah. In the back, uh, there's one little scribble thing, the QR, that that it tells, yeah, Uh, and and that uh, that sends you to the website of the church. And also, uh, I I have a lot of material. Uh, This is one I found this week. Uh, 10 tips uh, for building genuine uh, connections with your neighbors. Uh, I have actually one that says 100 things. Let's start with 10, okay? Let's start with 10. We have books for this, but uh, this is for you. For now, let us um, dedicate this offering uh, to the Lord. Let us pray. God of all blessings, we ask you this day to bless the gifts we offer so that they may have a powerful impact when used according uh, to your will, to your purposes. Bless us uh, that we might see glimpses of your kingdom through our giving and grow in generosity in the process. We pray all this in the name of your son Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen and amen. Amen. I am doing a new thing, so says the Lord. Uh, And he also said, I'm counting on you, Pakoima. First, I'm counting on you. May we create the conversations and find the teams to discover the paths. It's a process, <laughs> so we can draw that map of that way that God has for us to care for people, to nurture everyone here, and to walk towards the kind of church that God intends for us to be. Amen and amen. As you are able, let's stand and let's receive the benediction. May the peace of God, the love of the Son, the power of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses, be with you, with your families during this week. Amen and amen. And let the people of God say,